many of us are lucky enough to be blessed with reasonably good health. Others not so lucky and we've heard from some of them over the years on the Limerick Today show. And joining us now, we have what was a decade-long medical mystery for Claire Kelly. Uh, Claire is in her 30s. Her new book, But You Look Fine, is out and she is on the line. Hi Claire, how are you? Hi Joe, how are you? Thanks so much for having me on. You are very, very welcome. And what a great title for a book like this because I can only imagine the number of times you heard but you look fine <laughs> I, I think I've lost count but yeah uh, between I suppose friends and doctors um, you know it's fascinating how you can look so healthy but feel so sick and I suppose yeah I just went for that title because it's something that stuck out in my mind throughout the years right. Tell us your story yeah. then uh, up to your early 20s yeah. was your health generally good? Yeah, my health was very, very good. Um, I actually rarely got sick. And then what happened was from the age of 22, well, really 19, I started to notice small things. But from the age of 22, my symptoms just started to snowball. So it began with my hair thinning. Then it was kind of stomach issues, stomach bloating, digestive issues. Then we moved into crippling fatigue. No amount of sleep could have me feeling rested. Then there was all over aches and pains. And then it finished off in my 30s with... Um, neurological-like symptoms, so I would have had memory loss, blurred vision, and the scariest symptom was this inability to stay awake, so it felt like you had a few seconds to make it to your bed. It was like you were being put under general anaesthesia or a bit like narcolepsy, you just suddenly fell asleep. So that's kind of the pattern that it took from, I suppose, about 22 to 30 um, before it leveled off. From your early 20s, were you constantly going to your doctor (laughs) saying, look, there's something wrong here? Yeah, yeah. So I I was. So I I mean, from the ages of 22, I had every investigation you could think of, MRI, sleep studies, blood tests, allergy testing, um, endoscopies, the list was endless. And then along that road, I was given various different diagnoses. So at 24, it was irritable bowel syndrome. Then at 25, it was chronic fatigue syndrome. At 28, fibromyalgia. And then at 29, idiopathic hypersomnia. So I suppose the main problem I had was that even though I was getting all of these various different diagnoses out of the blue, I couldn't understand what was happening. Um, I was becoming more and more ill. So I felt like there was a missing piece in the puzzle and I didn't really understand what was going wrong. Yeah, And Claire, did you get any periods there from 22 onwards where Mm. you were in relatively good health? No, so it literally was like a graph that just plummeted down. So each year, a new symptom added to the list and I just became more and more unwell. And I suppose that's why I didn't give up the search because I didn't really have a choice. It was very scary. I was just getting sicker and sicker. So yeah, it just got worse. And what about your life then in your 20s? What was happening? Yeah. So in my 20s, basically Monday to Friday, I was a teacher and unfortunately I had to leave that job, but I would go to work, I would uh, rush home because I was just, I needed to sleep. I'd turn the key in the door, run up the stairs and I would instantly fall asleep for hours. Then I would eat my uh, dinner and go back to bed and then at the weekend I'd catch up on housework and paperwork and then any days in between I'd be going to doctor's appointments trying to figure out what was this and that was literally my life for my 20s so it wasn't really travelling or you know doing the things that people tend to do in their 20s. It was very what is going on with me and can I fix 
fix it. <laughs> and what impact did that have on you? As you say, I mean, your friends yeah. would have been out and about doing yeah. different things in their 20s, heading off on yeah. travels. And, and, you know, as a teacher, you'd get... Mm. Their, their, and this is not a criticism of teachers' holidays. I'm just making the of point course, that yeah. as you, you'd have blocks of time where you might be able to do more with it mm. and you couldn't. Yeah, no. And I actually used to hate the holidays because I'd watch everyone else having all this energy. And I'd always prefer the winters to the summer because I felt like, well, everyone's inside watching Netflix. So it was, it was a funny thing. But um, yeah, and I suppose... And how have you felt I during just, the pandemic then? Yeah, I felt like everyone was joining my life. That's how it felt. I, I just, it was bizarre. And just noticing people finding it really tough. And I was like, oh, wow, like this, this is just crazy. It's a very tough for people to adjust to a lot of time in their homes and things like that. So yeah, it was it was a funny one, but I was relieved at 30 to get some sort of an answer, you yeah. know? And we get that yeah. one second, but what about the mental impact, the mental yeah. toll of it? Yeah, yeah, it was horrific. So I suppose I lost a lot of friends along the way because I looked fine and I suppose they might have thought this girl just isn't making an effort. Um, maybe she's, you know, delusional. She's imagining things. She needs to be more positive. She needs to just get up and stop this searching for silliness. She's perfectly fine. All of her blood results and all of her tests are fine. So I suppose I lost friends along the way and... um that was really tough as well. And then I suppose it, it was just tough in general. You'd feel a lot of guilt. So I met my now husband when I was 22 and I started to get sick a few months after I met him. Well, get, I became more sick. And you just feel a lot of guilt. You feel like you're holding people in your life, you know, pe- people back in your life and things like that. So I had a lot to work through. It, it, it had a huge toll on me. All right. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to clear Kelly about uh, her new book, mm. But You Look Fine. Um, and yeah. and it's you mentioned uh, your now husband, Ben. So the two of you managed to chart away in your relationship despite everything. Yeah, yeah. I suppose he doesn't know me any other way. So I met him in April and I started to become quite sick in July of the same year, 2009. And um, what was I going to say about it? Yeah, we just, that's kind of the way things have always been. But he's been so supportive and he comes with me to all the various appointments and things like that. And um, yeah, we just adjust our life around it, I suppose. Right. Yeah. And what yeah. do you think it would be like if, fingers crossed, tomorrow yeah. or in a few months' time, um, you, you, you found your path out of this and you yeah. were back to normal health for you and for him and for your life? Yeah, I just, even the thoughts of it, I think I'd lose my mind with excitement. I try not to go there too much because then you realise where you really are, but I never give up hope that that could, may happen. But yeah, I would just like, I feel like I lose so much of my life to sleep. That's the biggest problem, the fatigue. So I normally don't get up or wake up till after midday. So I'm I'm here now and I'm not fully alert because it's before that time. And then I'd be asleep again for hours and hours every night. And if I don't do that, the pain is unbearable the next day. Yeah. It feels like my body is always fighting an infection, yeah, so it's a bit yeah. like a flu. But yeah, Isn't it incredibly frustrating that when they can't pinpoint mm. a diagnosis, I'm not necessarily saying this about doctors now, but no, that no. the people around you, you, you know, mm. there is a point at which people decide, well, as you said, you must be delusional. 
Yeah, exactly. But as I always say, the absence of proof is not the proof of absence. So even though we haven't gotten a test that showed up something, maybe we just haven't found the right test yet. So I just kept saying, you know, luckily the people closest to me always believed me, my two brothers, my mom, my dad, Ben, Ben's family and immediate friends. But in the broader circle, uh, it was tricky, all right, you know, because you're younger and you look fine, you know. Yeah. Was it very hard to give up teaching? Did you love it? Oh, I absolutely did. And I, I did everything I could to make it work. I, I went from being a classroom teacher to um, a special needs teacher where I'd have smaller groups of pupils so my energy levels could handle it a little bit better. And I pushed and I pushed. I went to job sharing then to see if I could make that work. So I worked two days one week, three days the next. But eventually I became so sick when it, in terms of, you know, just the dizziness, the inability to stay awake, things like that, that I just, I, it wasn't even a decision nearly that I I med I just I'm not permitted to return to teaching in terms of the medical um assessments that you need to have to right. you know to yeah. be a teacher so it got to the point where I just couldn't get back if you get me yeah okay so I was you, just too sick so you mentioned then um after 8 years of this uh, around the age of 30 mm. you had a sort of a turning point yeah yeah so basically at the age of 30 after um a positive uh, Lyme infection uh, blood test result I was diagnosed with something it's a bit of a mouthful called multiple systemic infectious disease syndrome MSIDS and it's just back one second where, so you said Lyme, Lyme yeah. disease did you yeah, Lyme disease. This oh, yeah. is a, a sub part of this overall illness, right. if that makes sense. So it's just basically where you have a collection of infections, including Lyme disease and toxins that weaken your immune system and cause chronic inflammation in your body. So at the age of 19, I had nine amalgam fillings. So I suppose they contain little bits of mercury, which is quite toxic to the human body. And then I had glandular fever at 22 and I was living in a place with mold and I had H. pylori bacterial infection in my stomach. Another when I was about 26. So all of this kind of came together as well as the Lyme infection to lead to this overall illness um, that I discovered at 30. Okay. Yeah. And had you been tested for Lyme disease before? Yes. So what had happened was, I think it might have been 2015, I can't remember exactly, I got a Lyme test uh, following um, a neurologist suggested and it came back negative here in Ireland. So I completely dismissed it. And then I had a neighbour, I'm originally from my colour in Galway and my neighbour, hello Neve, she um, has Lyme disease herself and she suggested that I get tested with Armin Laboratories in Germany and that came back positive for Lyme bacteria itself as well as two co-infections. So from there, I went to the um, consultant in infectious diseases in Dublin for treatment. Okay, okay. we're trying to clear yeah. Kelly about uh, her new book, but you look fine. Yeah. So, where do you stand now? You you now know, or yeah. you you have a name on it. Mm, but I mean, yeah. is that helping? Yeah, so I was very, very excited at 30. I took eight months off work and said I'd be back fully cured. And my consultant said that, you know, there was, you know, and he can help so many people. Just unfortunately, it was unsuccessful for me. So he treats the Lyme infection with multiple antibiotics and he targets the immune system and reduces inflammation with herbal supplements. So I went through 15 months, if not longer, on that treatment regime. But unfortunately, I just, I just kind of stayed the same. I never really improved. 
removed. So I suppose his look on it is it's something called persistent or post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome. So I have received the treatment, but because the Lyme could have been in my system, I moved to my colon when I was nine, so there's no real guarantees when I was bitten, but it could have been in my system for so long, left untreated, that the damage is quite um, difficult to undo to the various organs, yeah. So Claire, I mean, you're a young woman, you're you're in your 30s, I mean, what's next then? What's going to happen? I know that's the question I often ask myself. So I suppose um, there's many different routes you can go, but treating um, these type of things, it's a bit like a lottery. So you could go for treatment in places like Germany, Mexico, America, but there there's just no FDA approved treatments and they all come with big side effects, risks and high costs. So I suppose I'm just in a place now where I'm like, well, at least I can get out of the bed. I'm not bed bound and I'm just too afraid um, because with those um, options comes big risks. So what I'm doing at the minute is I'm going through everything that Ireland offers and like, you know, IV vitamins, oxygen therapy, all of the holistic treatments. And what I do is every three or four months, I add in a new one and I just hope that someday I hit on one that really makes a difference. And also I often hope that if they discovered something for the treatment of long COVID, as it's quite similar to my symptoms, that maybe that treatment could also help me so that's I suppose where I am right. in hoping that things could um, change I, I mean do you look at people you know for example mm. Vicky Phelan of course who lives here in yeah. Limerick and, and she yeah. has gone down different avenues yeah. and tried different yeah. treatments for her cancer yeah, yeah, I do. And I suppose I follow TikTok Ireland, which is the organization for people with Lyme. And I follow people who go abroad. But I suppose what I'm seeing a lot of is people go abroad, they spend thousands of euro and they come back either the same, some sicker, some better, but then get sicker again. And I'm just thinking, I'm just not seeing a lot of big success stories or even a moderate amount for me to take that chance. Now, I could do in the future, but for now, part of me thinks that maybe the line is treated as such but this is so do you get me so what I'm dealing with is the after effects whereas a lot of those clinics abroad are treating Lyme whereas I feel like maybe that's something I have dealt with with the antibiotics and and Claire I mean after doing this interview and the energy it takes will, will you have to sleep Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I um, I set an alarm to wake up and uh, it was just so funny because I'm just like, oh, like a zombie. And yeah, I'll go straight up to bed now for a few hours. And it's just very frustrating because you have to organise your life around everything and everything has to be so concise to balance the energy. So yeah, it's a tricky mm. one. And, yeah. and finally then, why did you decide to use some of that uh, much needed energy to write this book, But You Look Fine? Yeah, I suppose um, it was lockdown. Everyone was just in their houses. And I suppose I would have a little window of maybe three hours each day where I could maybe function by sitting up in the bed and doing something. And I was thinking to myself, I can't seem to get myself quite out of this situation. So maybe I could try and make something good come from it if I can't get out of it because you'd feel quite stuck like a hamster on a wheel. So then I decided to write the book that I would have given 22-year-old me because I'm 34 now. And I really hope that if anyone does get their hands in the book that it really helps them. Yeah. Very good. Well, listen, uh, you know, we often say it uh, and we don't fully mean it. You know, I wish you well, but but I'm sure our listeners wish you well. Oh, and, thanks and, so and much. as soon as possible for you. 
Um, yeah. And do let us know how you're getting on, please, Claire, because I think people would be interested to know. And, and oh, I sincerely hope that uh, your uh, path uh, to full health um, is clearer maybe in the next few months. Yes, thanks so much. All right. Well, listen, take care of yourself. Um, and th- thank you very much for talking to us about your book. And we appreciate your time this morning. Oh, great. And would it be okay, Joe, if I just say that if a listener wanted to buy the book, that they can get it on um, my website? Sure. Yeah, it's just called www.butchilookfine.ie. And just to quickly say that in the book, I kind of go through my story and then kind of the practical aspects of living with a chronic illness and then the social and emotional impacts of living with one too. So I basically break it all down, a bit like a chronic illness, a little Bible just to get you through. Very good. All right. Yeah. Listen, thank you so much for your time thank this morning, you so Claire. so much. That's Cla- okay. Claire Kelly there, uh, her new book, But You Look Fine. Call Limerick today now on 461995.